When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Talkin' Nick. Something a little different for you today. I'm Big Baby David, David Mendelson, riding solo. Nick's went one and three on the week, yet there's kind of a lot to discuss. So, all right, guys, let's do it. Let's talk Nick's. All right, welcome back to Talking Nicks, everyone. I am, of course, one of your normal co-hosts, Big Baby David. This is the official New York Knicks podcast of John Boy Media. Right now, everyone is out of commission. Kenny has some car trouble going on. Tom Piccolo, he had to pack it in early tonight. Uh, Greg's in Florida. He didn't bring his recording equipment. Classic. And Jake's on an airplane back to Denver. So you get me riding solo, breaking down the last week that was for the New York Knicks. Uh, you know, we're a day late because we uh, figured we might as well include this Martin Luther King, uh, you know, early day game against the Cavaliers. And boy, it is it is a good thing we did because. This would be a much sadder episode without uh, being able to include that game. The Knicks do go 1-3 on the week, the one being this most recent game on Monday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. But let's rewind a little bit, take it back to, to the sadder games just real quick. Uh, although I guess it's not necessarily all that quick because I do uh, have a decent number of discussion points to bring up. But I am going to turn the light on in my room. Not that that affects you guys, but I just want to be able to see a little better. Anyway, so on Tuesday night, the Knicks were at Milwaukee. I believe it's the third time the Knicks and Bucks played this year, and for the third time the Knicks got and just stomped by Milwaukee they lose 128 to 102 and you know on Milwaukee's side of things of course you know they're a really good team so of course they're going to beat the Knicks who have been a bad team the Knicks are what 12 and 32 on the season let me double check that number because I'd hate to get that wrong that one wrong and yeah, twelve and thirty-two. They uh, they are tied with Cleveland for the number three lottery odds. For those of you riding the tankathon with me a little bit, anyway. So you know they go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I mean, they're considered a championship team. They're considered a championship contender for you know for good reason. But the story in this one was you know Giannis kind of just going off. He he scores thirty-seven points. In just 21 minutes, which is the more I think about it, the more bonkers it gets. He goes three of five on threes. Uh, like a, he's 
at minimum, I'm like a capable three-point shooter now, and you have to go guard him out there. So, <laughs> I mean, he's just next-level good. You know, he's already gotten most improved player of the year the one time in his career, uh, and he got MVP last year. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe he could get both again this year. He's been that good, and, and becoming a capable three-point shooter is nuts. He finishes with a plus 32 in those 21 minutes. Which is kind of nuts. We we know plus minus isn't uh, you know it's far from from the most telling stat in basketball, of course. But it it kind of speaks to just how dominant Giannis Antetokounmpo was in this game. But uh, on the Knicks side of the ball, uh, I I would the best player for the Knicks was R.J. Barrett, um, in my opinion, at least he. Uh, he finishes with 22 points on uh, six of 15 shooting, which isn't you know a crazy percentage, but he's five of seven from three and five of six at the free throw line, which is you know the two sets of percentages we really wanted to see him improve on. You know every month he's gotten you know better and better and better at the free throw line. Uh, I believe in January he's up to like 74 percent, which is around like a league average shooter. And he's you know, improved by roughly 10% each month in the NBA. So by that math, by March, he'll never miss a free throw shot again, which is what I like. But he also picks up eight rebounds and uh, and three assists, which is always you know good little add. And his rebounding is is pretty ridiculous. He's, he plays the bulk of his minutes at the uh, at the shooting guard spot. I think long term. He might project to being you know, three, maybe getting some stretch four minutes. That's a little, it's a little nuts. But I think he, I think long term we will see him play more of the three, just uh, because of his length and his rebounding ability. But I, I, the point is that he he is a really good rebounder, regardless of whatever position you put him at. Because um, like eight boards is kind of like a normal <laughs> number. We see him hit that number quite a bit. Other guys on the team, Julius Randle, he gets 25 on 10 of 20, along with 15 rebounds. Uh, so, you know, the efficiency there is decent. Um, let me double-check his three-point numbers for that game. Uh, yeah, three of six from three. Yeah, he was he was good. Um, it's It's been nice that, like, especially since Mike Miller's taken over, um, you know, for a while there, he he took a huge step forward, and he's come back down to earth a little bit since Mike Miller took over. But he's still he's uh, a, a lot more controlled. You're a lot more comfortable seeing him out there, and uh, his three point shooting has become a bit more consistent. It's back up to where uh, closer to where it was, you know, the last couple years in in New Orleans and L.A. So that's good. The the one. Uh, thing that does concern you a little bit is he gets the three assists, which is uh, I think that's what he averages on the year more or less. Uh, but he does pick up four turnovers, um, which in and of itself isn't uh, a number that necessarily scares me that much. But it's more than he should be getting, especially since the more you think about it, he is like a power forward center. You shouldn't be getting four turnovers a game, and that's also more than the assists he's getting. It's one thing if it's one of those days where like, yo, Randall got eight assists all right i'll live with him <laughs> turning the ball over four times but you know, a four to three assist to turnover or turnover to assist ratio so three to four assist to turnover ratio is um yeah that's that's bad that is bad the more <laughs> the more i'm thinking about it but in general i i have 
largely liked what Randall's been given. And we'll talk about him more and more as we keep going. Portis had a had a good game of this one. Bobby Portis finished with uh twenty and eight off the bench, which is you know, not bad. Uh he shot yeah, fifty seven percent overall, eight of fourteen. Uh the three point shooting is one of four, which isn't a problem in and of itself. You know, it's a little annoying because we thought when we got him, the whole point was that he was going to be a pretty good three-point shooter. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what his season numbers are, but I guess I can also Google that. I'm the one in charge of this podcast, and I have the computer in front of me. Uh, let me Google that one second. Portis. Because I feel like the three-point numbers have to be pretty brutal. Uh, He's up to 36%, which is honestly better than I thought, and that's definitely up from where it once was but you know last year um overall he shot 39 percent and i guess maybe that was the outlier because year before he was only he was uh just under 36 percent which is less than what he's shooting with the knicks now so uh, maybe the knicks just overvalued his three-point shooting which you can certainly uh not rule out just given who the knicks are and how uh consistently they do that kind of thing um the one, the other, one of the other ones that sticks out, Taj Gibson. In ten minutes, he had like literally no stats to show for the ten minutes he was in the game. He goes over two from the field, no points. Uh, d- doesn't get to the free throw line. He gets a steal, which is cool. He fouled twice and gets an assist. And not that he's been logging a ton of minutes uh, in general, but like he does start for us. Uh, and again, this is a conversation topic that I've. Uh, brought up on the show uh, on a handful of occasions. Like, I just don't know what exactly I'm supposed to be looking for from Taj because obviously he is a he's a pretty good rebounder and the defensive effort is is good. Um, like, I just don't know what numbers I should be looking out for from him because I because I do think he's one of these guys that could get flipped for something somewhat valuable. Like a team, you could see a team giving up. You have know, one of these teams that has a, a very late first round pick. You can see them giving that up for a guy who's you know, a steady vet, a uh, big man like Taj Gibson. It kind of depends what exactly they're looking for in their team. I, I couldn't tell you exactly which team needs that specifically right now. But, you know, it, it's it's something that comes up. Someone gets hurt. Um, like the Lakers say, like, JaVale or, or Dwight Howard or something goes down. Taj Gibson's not a bad fill-in. I don't know if they have the, the picks, uh, the pick capital to make a move that – you know, really, uh, really gets me going as a Knicks fan, but, uh, it's just, just top of the head. Uh, sorry. I took a sip of water there and it took me a little longer than I thought it would to sip it. Anyway, but yeah, so, I mean, Taj, again, I think I like him. I still don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be looking for. And like, he's obviously not here super long term. So I, I don't know how, what he's doing. If he's, being kind of like a, a leader in the clubhouse, which I'm sure he is. I don't know how much he's helping the young guys because uh, I'm not the young guys. I, it's impossible for me to know how he's much he's helping. Um, yeah, another takeaway from the Milwaukee game, uh, Mitch got in foul trouble again. Uh, five fouls in just 18 minutes. Uh, again, it's it's nothing new with him. You, you the book on him has been his entire NBA career so far, which is a year and a half now. It's a, you know, it's a decent sample size. It's just as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, he'll be pretty productive. It's 
the game there's very few games where he like plays a lot of minutes and isn't good you know he generally turns is you know efficient and uh helps you out on both sides of the ball um you know whenever he's in but he just he get he still gets all these little fouls throughout the game and and he can't seem to stop himself pretty regularly so because of that you know that it's something that's fixable. So you're not worried about Mitch, but it's just like annoying that it kind of is still an issue. Again, I guess a year and a half isn't that long in the grand scheme of things, but um, and he, and it's been better in general lately, I think. But uh, you definitely want to see him not get into foul trouble so often. Uh, Kevin Knox played 23 minutes in this one, and the, the numbers are okay. You know, three of seven from the field, finished with 10 points, uh, picked up four boards couple assists no turnovers so that's that is all good there um two or four from three um uh, yeah it's a, it's a good kevin knox night and i got a i had some stuff prepared on kevin knox in a little bit after some of these other games that's kind of all the talking points from this one as is i think i've dwelled on the uh on the bucks game longer than anyone really wants i mean it was a 26 point loss to one of the best teams in the nba so all things considered, it's more discussion points than there should be. But then on Thursday, they uh, you know they returned home and they hosted the Phoenix Suns, who they they've given a they gave a good fight to uh, around uh, a little before New Year's, just before Christmas, uh, when they were in Phoenix. It was a pretty good game. They uh, they don't turn in a very good performance in this one. They lose one twenty one to 98 uh they were close at half and then uh and then even after the third quarter was still decently close but the suns outscore the next 31 19 in the fourth quarter just pull right away uh pretty much right when they wanted to a a big part of that was that uh rj barrett does get hurt after only of course i turned away from the box score like an idiot i'm like god damn it idiot uh after 14 minutes rj goes out he uh he turns his ankle uh and, and it looked it looked a little frightening because uh you know you, you just don't like any leg injuries especially with uh with the young guys but it, they're lucky it's ankle not knee it sounds like it sounds like the diagnosis they're going with right now is high ankle sprain he's being reevaluated a week from that game and that was on thursday I'm recording this on Monday. You're listening to it on Tuesday. So in two more days, uh, he'll be reevaluated, and we'll see exactly where he's at. Um, I, haven't, I don't think we've heard an update on him. Uh, if we have, just tweet at me any criticisms at BigBabyDavid underscore on uh, on Twitter. That's B-I-G-B-A-B-Y-D-A-V-I-D underscore. But uh, you know, it does seem like the, the Knicks avoided a potential disaster because it looked like a, a pretty bad twist. Like it went like 90 degrees Uh I took a picture of it because, you know, I tweet out the little videos and stuff during games and uh, for the Instagram and stuff. And I, I figured uh, I decided against posting it because, uh, well, it just, it just made me uh, sad more than anything else because I just don't like not watching the games without him in there. And that's the thing that sucks because, I mean, he's the main reason to be watching this team right now because uh, even with the team being – uh, whatever the record is, uh, eleven and uh, eleven thirty-one. No, they're uh, they're twelve and uh, 
They're 12 and 32. They were 11 and 31. They're 12 and 32 now. Even with the team being that, you know, middling um, is the nice way to put it. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. But uh, with the team being that bad, you have a guy who just drafted number three overall who's turned in a, a largely good rookie year. So he's been the main reason you want to tune in night in, night out. Uh, even when the rest of the team's bad, even when he's bad, it's a reason to watch. You want to see him develop and see what he's changing and and see you know all the little stuff, how he's getting a little more efficient, how he's uh, hitting those threes more consistently, how he's uh, continuing to get to the line at a good rate, but now he's converting those free throw attempts. Uh, which we we haven't seen a whole lot of um, in you know those first couple months, and now he's getting pretty uh, pretty good at the line. He's been he's been not a problem over the last two months basically. Um, other than other than that, as far as Knicks guys, um, it was a good Mitchell Robinson game. He finishes with twelve and eight and only uh, gets two fouls in uh, in thirty minutes of action off the bench. So. Uh, that is that was reassuring. Bounce back from from a big foul trouble game against Milwaukee that we just discussed. Um, this is the game Marcus Morris came back. He was pretty good, and it was the game Frank Nilakina came back, and he was uh he was pretty awful. He finishes one of seven, uh, for two points. Uh, he does get eight assists, so. Maybe maybe awful's not completely fair, but the one of seven's not uh, not what you want. Um, and the defense the defense has always been there for him, though. Um, I was gonna say the defense has been was good, but that's the normal for him. That's uh, that's the baseline. Is he's gonna give you uh, pretty substantially above average defense? Trying to see if any numbers on the on the Suns stick out. They they had three guys score over twenty five points. Uh, Rubio scored 25, Aiton got 26, and Booker got 29 in 27 minutes, which is um, kind of silly. <laughs> uh, and he goes 9 of 11 at the free throw line. Nobody else got to the line a whole lot. Aiton got there uh, twice. He went 4 for 4. Uh, wow, Aiton got 21 rebounds. I didn't even notice until until right now. Aiton uh, is a good player. I was saying at the time of that draft – I always would have taken Luca. I was kind of on Luca pretty early. Um, not to be, you know, tooting my own horn here, but like I was on Luca pretty early. I liked him about a year ahead of that draft. I was uh, looking into him, and I knew he was supposed to be this really good European guy, and he was getting like MVPs in Europe, um, <laughs> playing professional basketball for years, and playing in like their top league, not one of these made up, uh, you know, junior league things, you know. Um, because I mean, Europe isn't. It, it's not. It's probably better competition than the N, than uh, the NCAA, or at the very least, they're you know one A one B. However you want to do it, they're you know because he's playing against adults. He was a teenager playing against adults and being the best among them. Because he wasn't just some kid doing pretty well and looking like a prospect. He was he was kicking adults' asses in Europe. So I was I was a big Luca fan. With that said, Aiton has been a, a pretty productive NBA player. He's, his rookie year did end up looking pretty good. Of course, uh, the Suns look bad because um, 
because Doncic and uh, and Trey Young, for that matter, both look uh, both look better than Aiton. But but they uh, you know Aiton's not bad. He did just have the PED suspension. I don't really know what PEDs are supposed to be like doing for basketball players other than like helping you train better. I guess because you don't get tired as much and recovery, blah 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 blah, blah all that stuff. Um, I've never, I've never really understood it, um, but that that is what he did, and then he got the the twenty five game hammer for that. Other than that, nobody's numbers super stick out. Uh, Rubio nearly gets a triple double because he got the twenty five points. Like I said, eight rebounds. The Suns just outplayed the Knicks, man. They were, that is the essence of what happened. Let's just move on from this one. The more kind of fun games. They uh, they stayed home. They hosted Philadelphia and on uh, on Saturday night, and they lose sort of a heartbreaker, ninety to eighty seven. Morris um, finished with twenty points in that, paced the offense. Uh, Randall finished with fourteen and twelve. Um yeah, all all five of the starters uh scored in double figures. Alfred Payton had a 7 to 1 assist turnovers, uh, which is which is good. It was a good Alfred Payton game. He he takes like weirdly a lot of shots considering he's not a guy who has like a ton of range or any consistency with his range. Like I guess he's good enough that like you can let him take some threes, I guess, but you know, he's He's not a guy who you who when the Knicks got him, I thought of him as being a guy who was going to take a lot of shots. It's not that he does that super often, but uh, he goes five of fourteen. You'd think if he's taking that many shots, it's because he's having a good night and he's making them. But uh, that's not what happened. But he also gets the seven boards along with the seven assists, and again, only one turnover. So that's that's a good night for for Peyton, uh, who did. He, I mean, he had that uh, that triple double streak last year, which was kind of silly to think about how that was one year ago um yeah that's it's uh it's a little it's a little crazy um and he has been pretty good as a nick I, i'm really curious what his trade value is because i think somebody would want him but he's like kind of the one vet because he doesn't have a ton of value he's the one vet i think i'd want to keep because i mean you can't they're the only other like real point guards on the roster are Frank and DSJ. DSJ's been hurt and awful all year. Frank's been pretty inconsistent and long term might not be a point guard. Uh, so it's it's hard to say for sure there. I guess Kadeem Allen, who I have liked, but um, but you, you can't game plan the game plan for the second half of the year can't be that you're gonna give Kadeem Allen a ton of minutes. You know. Um, so I'm I'm a little curious what Peyton what Peyton's trade value is. Pretty much every other vet you like have to trade if you can, but Peyton it's kinda like alright, only if there's a good one. But more on trades in a little bit. Uh I will get there, I promise you. Um one of one of the big talking points in this one, well first of all, they they do lose because uh you know, Marcus Morris hit the shot to give the Knicks a lead towards the end. And um, then the Sixers get a non-five-second call. Um, 
because it sounds like uh, MSG put out put out the video in pre before the Cavs game Monday, showing that uh, that Simmons had the ball for uh, at least six seconds before uh, inbounding it, and then uh, and then after that, I guess the Knicks were were upset about the no five second call, but uh, but then Tobias Harris just like waits three seconds, hits a three like it was barely an inconvenience, and. All of a sudden, the Knicks are losing, and they, and they have no hope. Morris get, did get off that uh, that like full court heave, and it got like really close for like half a second. I was like, "Oh my god, did that go in? The Knicks just win!" But uh, but no, it rattles off the rim. Um, but the the only other than that, you know, the only other real talking point is that you know Knox only played eleven minutes, despite he he played okay in those in those eleven minutes that he got against the Sixers, and a lot of those. Um, you know he, thing you know he can't afford to go over two at the line like he did, um, but overall he was two of four and and two rebounds and you know that's that's not a line anybody can be mad at in eleven minutes. I just I look I understand wanting him to earn minutes and not trying to just like hand the young guys minutes and they got to play well especially in the close games. Uh, and this was a close game, but in general, at least for at least for me, Knox has trended up at least over the last I don't know ten ish days. Is that fair? At least at least like last week, uh, you know, he had that that one bad game that we already talked about. But overall, he's trended up uh, over where he was, or for a while he was looking. Uh, it, it was one of those stretches where he looks like maybe the worst basketball player I've ever seen. So. He certainly looks like he knows what basketball is, um, and with him trending up and playing okay in this game, I don't know why you don't, you know, give him some more run. Like again, Morris is back and played decent. Uh, Reggie Bullock, I guess, was okay, but uh, uh, but with especially with no Barrett playing, um, that opens up minutes for Bullock at the two. So why not like let. Knox get a little more time at the three and four like just just give him a little more run you got to figure out exactly what he is because you know in the in the season preview I called him like the key to the next future I don't remember the exact phrasing I used but you know so much of the future optimism depends on how good Kevin Knox is whether that's him being a key to this team moving forward on the roster um you know as a guy who can become you know we, we heard when he was coming out of the draft he has potential to be the next Paul George. They had similar, you know, draft profiles coming out of school. If I'm remembering the discourse correctly, you got to figure out if that's what he can do. It's again, so much of the future optimism depends on that because one, if he's good and on your team, he's still cheap for a few years before he, you know, becomes a restricted free agent, gets a, gets that, you know, bump in pay, blah 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 blah. Uh, so maybe he can be a cheap and good player for you that's the best case scenario but also if he's good enough that another team would want him and would include him if you go trade for a disgruntled superstar if they would want Knox in return right now I don't think any team wants Kevin Knox if they're trying to give up a superstar maybe if you're gonna give like a cut like multiple picks and include Kevin Knox like yeah he's essentially like another pick um because like yeah he could still end up good and I think he he would end up good if he's on a team that knows how to develop players and that's kind of been the problem with the Knicks my whole life I don't think they've been 
awful at evaluating talent and finding guys who are talented that other people might not have noticed. You know, they have Mitchell Robinson on this team. He was a second round pick. They've over time they've they've had a few guys who were you know undrafted guys that they turned into decent players between you know Langston Galloway, Trier, turned into a good player. Uh, is a, there's been a few guys like that. It's like the, the Knicks have not been awful at evaluating talent, um, the, especially in in later levels of the draft. But uh, but even uh, at the, at the upper levels, I think there's the, all the picks they've had. There's been legit arguments for the reasons they made the selections they made, which I think I just like kind of spoke in circles a little bit for a sec. But like, there's plenty of reasons today. It's not the conversation, not the day to have the conversation necessarily. But like, there were plenty of reasons to pick Frank Nelikina. There's plenty of reasons to pick Knox. Uh, you given the other guys that we knew they were interested in. Like, yeah, yeah, we, I think they were the best option. The guys we knew they were fully interested in. Uh, there's been a few guys that it didn't sound like the Knicks were interested in. Uh, that have turned out to be better, like uh, like Donovan Mitchell, who we heard about the Knicks being interested in, along with any other team, but it never felt like he was a real option for them. Um, with what was that? Was that the Frank year? He didn't feel like a real option at eight. Uh, it turned out, yeah, he would have obviously been a great pick, but that wasn't really what anyone thought. Like, yeah, some people were were Mitchell guys, but there were reasons not to pick him. It came down to Frank DSJ and Malik Monk, and right now between those three, Frank is pretty clearly the best. Um, I've gone off the rails a little bit, but uh, I wasn't planning to get quite into to that conversation yet, but I guess I already did it, so um, so yeah. <laughs> but Knox, I am getting to a point where even if he's not playing well enough to earn the minutes, and I think of the the most immediate future he has earned the minutes for me you have to you have to play him and maybe once they do trade guys uh trade the vets away or a couple of the vets away especially Marcus Morris who who has the most value of anybody um he is the best player on the team he gets you at least a first um potentially multiple pick and a prospect whatever it is he he gets you more than anybody that you're willing to give up. Obviously, you can get the most with somebody like Barrett, but he is like the one untouchable dude. It's him and Mitchell Robinson that are like the only untouchables, or it's gonna take a ton for you to to get them from the Knicks, or it should be. I guess you never know what the Knicks front office is thinking. Um, so I'm hoping hoping stuff moves along pretty soon. We can start to you know unapologetically give Kevin Knox minutes and figure out what he is because he showed me. Enough last year for me to remain optimistic coming into this year, and this year has been a weird one for him. But turning into um, you know a much more optimistic uh, you know game, a much more fun game today or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the Knicks took a Martin Luther King Day W. Over the Cavs, they uh, they win one oh six to eighty six. Uh, my main takeaway from this one: there are a few guys who played well. Obviously, most of the team played pretty well, especially in that second half. Uh, you know, the Knicks entered the uh, entered the first and en- entered halftime. Sorry, down by one. Um, but the third quarter, they had a big third quarter. They out they doubled up the Cavs. They outscored them thirty to fourteen, and then uh, just held them at arm's reach in the fourth. 
uh, outscoring them 27-22 down the stretch. That'll get yeah to the 20-point victory. But, but my main like individual takeaway was was Frank Nilakina again. He was um he was a lot better uh, today, yesterday. If you're listening to, on Tuesday, um, he largely clamped uh, you know the guys he, he was guarding on defense. And again, the good defense is kind of the status quo for Frank. Uh, but Sexton, who was the kind of the main one he was guarding, he shoots just 30% from the field, six of 20. Uh, Darius Garland, I'm not sure quite how much uh, Frank was guarding him off the top of my head. He he's mostly guarding Sexton. I know that, but uh, but but Garland does go four for twenty. Um, again, not sure quite how much was Frank, but in general the defense was good, and Frank was particularly good, and he um, and he does end up with a with a little bit better production with the six points on two of five. He missed the only three he took, hit both free throws. He came out with the uh, with the double armbands and with the double arm sleeves and the headband. Uh, which was which is a little fun, you know. I always I always like guys come out with a little bit of swag like that. I'm a sucker for an armband and headbands, and uh, and Frank looked kind of good in it, which isn't the point of this conversation. But he also picks up two boards, three assists, the two turnovers, not great, but uh, overall a much better game from Frank. Um, I will take that one. Uh, the other the other talking point I really got. Uh, and I guess I have, I have kind of three more guys I want to talk about from this one. Dotson, I I like really need to see more of Dotson. In 20 minutes, he goes five of seven from the field for 12 points, and he also picks up five boards. I I just don't understand how, why the Knicks seem like so reluctant to give him any time. Um, like today he got 20 minutes, but uh, I couldn't tell you the last time he got quite that much i guess i guess i could tell you and i i'll pull it up right now um because damian dotson is nice he does kind of everything you want he's a he's a solid defender he gives you the three-point shooting he gives good effort i i don't understand why they seem so reluctant to play him uh, along with everyone else at least like Knox, when he plays he's looked you know just absolutely cheeks and in several games and Dotson, I guess, has turned in his fair share of bad performances this year too. But yeah, today he got, um, today he got the twenty points. He did. He got a DNP against Philly. He got twenty six minutes in Phoenix, which I don't remember at all. I guess he didn't do anything, which is kind of the counterpoint to what I'm saying. But then since before that, back to back seven minute nights, seventeen twenty one minutes. Uh, but then five minutes, a pair of DNPs. Yeah, he uh, they just seem reluctant to play him, and he's he's a nice player. You figure out exactly what you got with him, because um, I think he's he's a good role player for you. Whether it's off the bench, maybe he, maybe he's good enough to be a starter at some point. I think if he's not on the Knicks, he's already he would already have developed into being like a diamond in the rough, decent starter. Again, he's another guy that the Knicks were good at evaluating talent. They went and, and got this guy um, out of college, and nobody really wanted him. And he's he's certainly an NBA player. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And again, I found I found myself wanting to talk about Kevin Knox in this one. Uh, you know, for a while on on our program, we have talked about how we don't talk about Knox a lot. But lately, I've kind of wanted to talk about Knox a lot. And and Knox wasn't awful tonight. You know, he got he got what was it five points? 
but he played the 15 minutes. Not still not with a lot of minutes. Uh, but he got he got that one dunk on a board uh, on an offensive board. Um, grabbed six rebounds. He hit both of his free throws, which kind of avenged that 0 for two performance at the uh, at the line against Philly. Um, but yeah, I mean, you 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 just heard my whole spiel on that. I think he should be playing more. Um, and the last point individually I wanted to bring up uh, is Reggie Bullock. Uh, his numbers ended up pretty good. He shot 50% from the field overall and 40% from three on the evening, um, totaling 12 points in 29 minutes. Um, but, like, I don't know, he didn't feel good tonight. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, figure out how good – is he really like it? He's on a pretty cheap contract, so I guess it kind of isn't a big deal. But like, like how tradable is this dude? Because you know he came back and was pretty and performed pretty strongly when he first came back from you know that original uh, you know, hernia injury. And we were we were sort of joking, but also kind of serious. He he looked like he might be a guy that we can actually go trade something for, or include him. Uh, in a Morris deal, and you get uh, you know a decent piece, you get a better package back. Whatever you package him with, whatever I, I don't know, whatever the deal is. Um, but I was like liking him in the last this last week. The numbers have kind of been there, so maybe we're overthinking it. But it felt like just eye test. It, it wasn't as much fun watching him, especially in today's game. So I, I do wonder how tradable he is, and that is kind of the end of the conversation on like individual games. Uh, I'm going to move a little bit into uh, preparing a little bit for the trade deadline. Cause it's sneakily like what, two, two and a half weeks away. What day is the trade deadline? I got to look it up. I'm sorry for Googling so much stuff. Uh, NBA trade deadline. Trade deadline is February 6th. It is much closer than I thought it was. Um, I, in my head, I thought it was going to be like the 12th or something, which I guess isn't that much closer. Um, but today, I'm recording this on the 20th, so that's, uh, well, tomorrow's the 21st, so 10 days. Uh, it's, yeah, two two weeks and change. We're away from the trade deadline. Um, so basically, my one plea to the Knicks is, please, for the love of God, trade, trade the vets, especially... You know, uh, especially Morris, just because you can actually get something pretty nice in return for him. But if anybody's willing to give you anything, even if it's second round picks, like take that or a guy who, or just like a, a a guy who hasn't worked out for their team, but is still young and you know you want to take a chance on, do that. I, I don't know. I don't know how valuable each guy is, but they all can get you something. Um, and yeah, you know, some moves get complicated because of the draft rules and i just have this crazy pit in my stomach that the knicks are gonna just hold on to all of these vets and go for it or the only move they'll make is going for you know adding a piece and giving up future capital and and the few assets the knicks have uh and just trying to add a piece to this group that's already here who you know, has played better than they played under fizdale but still they aren't a good team. They're, I guess, they're eight and thirteen under Mike Miller, so they're just a normal bad team. And I think this team is a bad team, 
So they're right now they're just playing about as well as I thought they would, but uh, they got off to such a slow start that they're amongst the very worst teams in the NBA, and I think they are better than like the Warriors without any of their stars, and uh, and you know the Cavs who they they've stomped twice in a row now. Uh, who else? They're better than Charlotte, um, but uh, but again, slow start kind of doomed them a bit. But I I am scared that because they've technically played better. Uh, and the front office is also just so dysfunctional for literally my whole life. I'm 22 years old, and uh, I can't I can't tell you any time in my life I've trusted the front office. Um, I, th- I, I do fear they're going to make a move, and the one that's been circulating, and the, th- and the fellows talked about it a bit last week, but I wasn't here, is the Andre Drummond move. Um, I'm not I'm not necessarily opposed to going out and like getting a veteran guy that you like um you know somebody who's who's not like a veteran like Taj Gibson's a veteran but a veteran who's like a guy who's proved himself in the NBA and uh can get better and um and is young and will be part of the team moving forward but Andre Drummond is just not the guy um like if you want to talk me into giving up something of value for Bradley Beal I could be talked into that you know he I'm not necessarily calling for it. I know Jake has liked Bradley Beal in the past. Um, it's not what I want for, uh, for the Knicks to go do, but like I could be talked into it. Depend. It depends on what the package is. Um, you know, if you're if you're just like giving them like a like one of the Ma- like the Mavs picks and and you know whatever contracts to make it work and Dotson or something. To, to sweeten the pot a little bit. I don't know. It, it depends on what the deal is. I could be talked into a Bradley Beal move being good. Um, but but Andre Drummond, there's just not really anything about him that interests me. He is only 26, which I thought, um, which is, you know, that's younger than he seems. He just feels like he's been around forever. He has a, a player option for next year that's worth $28.7 million. Uh, my inclination when we first heard the the Drummond rumors, and we know that the Drummond rumors are, they were, uh, I believe the phrasing they were more than exploratory were the calls the Knicks put out. So they were they are like actually interested in going out and getting this guy. My inclination is um, was that he would take that almost twenty nine million dollar option because I don't think he's realistically a max player. But I thought about it a little more. Uh, he is t- only 26 years old. He's an elite rebounder. He's uh, one of the premier rebounders of the last half decade. Uh, and you know, because of the max contract, he, uh, because the max contract exists, he probably is good enough that he gets that. He's one of the what least valuable max contracts to get out there. But um, but because there is the max. I don't think he's far enough off that there's no way he'd get it. I think he would opt out, go get that, you know, guaranteed money a little bit. Um, but even if he said like he would opt in or sign long term with the Knicks upon being traded there, like it just it would help nothing. Like even though like I don't hate Drummond, I think he's a pretty good player, but his style isn't conducive to uh, you know, the modern NBA as like a guy's like, oh, you go get that guy. Your team's competitive now. You see what Detroit's been for a few years now. They're not. They've not been good. So, 
it's not going to turn you into a title contender uh, or, or even a playoff contender by having Andre Drummond because his team right now is the Detroit Pistons, and they're not a playoff contender. They're bad. They're a bad team, too. They're better than the Knicks, but they are bad. So I don't see a reason to give up a lot of value for a guy who blocks Mitch, or you'd have to give up Mitchell Robinson when Robinson's put up similar production, all things considered, and is younger and cheaper uh, and plays the exact same position. Neither of them could slide down. None of, neither of them can shoot. We we heard the rumors last year that Mitchell Robinson was working on a jump shot and he was going to shoot them in games. I don't know where that's been all year. I don't think he's taken one jumper that wasn't like clock expiring. Um, that hasn't been there at all. Uh, so uh, the, basically the only reason I think you would go and get Drummond is if you are in love with him, I guess, but, but it has to be like if Detroit is trying to attach something for the cap space, but, uh, but then again, you know, it seems like he's probably opting out anyway. So I don't know. It feels like a moot point. Why would they then drop, you know, trade him for the cap space when he can just be a free agent? in th- in what four months anyway four months five months anyway I took another sip of water there so uh, it just feels just feels wrong to to go for that one um yeah the last uh the last little point of discussion we uh i put out a quick little call for questions like right before i sat down to record this um so let me make sure no others came in. Um, yeah, nothing. Yeah, no, nothing came in. That's a super valuable conversation. But the one that did come in, um, why the Knicks should trade for D'Angelo Russell, that came from at Sam Free nineteen ninety two. And uh, I mean, the short answer is they should trade for D'Angelo Russell if he's uh, if he's able to be traded for, if. Um, because he's good. He's a he's a good player, um, and and I liked him. I wanted the Knicks to sign him in free agency fairly badly. Jake has been in love with D'Angelo Russell for uh, uh, for forever, forever. Um, I don't know what exactly the the right package looks like. I think as long as you're not giving up everything for him, I don't think I'd clean house to go get D'Angelo Russell. But uh, but he's still young. Uh, he is under contract for a little while now, so you know you have a guy who's a, who's kind of a budding star. I'm not sure exactly what his numbers are this year. I don't know if he's taken a little bit of a of a step back, but certainly last year he was really good. He was an all star. He's yeah, he's still 23 years old. He was uh, was he he was two picks before Porzingis, so he's still young. Um, not not that I want to talk about Porzingis right now, but uh, but yeah, if you can get the right package um not to be, give up a ton uh d'angelo russell's a great option for this team he plays point guard that's kind of like the biggest hole this team has had uh he can slide down to the two so if you want to go draft a guy who is like more of a pure point guard i'm kind of air quoting uh but i realize this is an audio format and i'm not even recording video of this so doing air quotes is a bit meaningless uh, but yeah, it gives you he gives you options moving forward as a guy under contract. You have a lot of cheap guys here, so he's not really inhibiting anything by him being on a max contract. Uh, 
we know he he, he likes New York in principle because um, he performed in Brooklyn. Uh, bro- being on the Brooklyn Nets and being on the New York Knicks is a completely different animal. Um, so it's not quite the same as performing in New York. But we know he likes being in the city. And we know he's performed despite all the things that this city can uh, can bring with it as far as you know, the the just general culture. Um, so, yeah, I, I like D'Angelo Russell. I would be certainly willing uh, to, to trade for him. Not that I'd want a clean house, but I find it hard-pressed to, to imagine there's a scenario where the Knicks trade for D'Angelo Russell and I'm mad about it. I don't know like if the Warriors are really making him available at least right now, maybe over the summer they would do something or, uh, or next year when Steph Curry and clay are back. But, uh, but yeah, in principle, I'm, I'm very much for D'Angelo Russell trading. Maybe that's something we'll look into with, uh, episodes moving forward. Uh, if I'm guessing, I would say there's not a, there's no way he's traded at this deadline, but if you can get him, the, the Knicks, it could absolutely use a guy like D'Lo. Um, so yeah, we like him in general. Uh, I would have liked him more as a free agent signing rather than, you know, all these other guys. You could have just gotten him and Julius Randle and called it a day. Uh, I think I would have been okay with that. I guess you know, still find a way to get Morris cause he's been good, but then that would have been an interesting team at least. But yeah, I think that's going to be just about it for the show today. I guess, uh, according to my timer, I'm at 49 minutes. Um, so a little longer than than I thought I'd get to, but a little shorter than the normal episode. This is kind of the the normal Monday, uh, you know, scheduled episode, even though it's coming out on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Talkin' Nicks on Instagram at Talkin' Nicks. Follow me at Twitter at Big Baby David underscore on Twitter. That's B I G B A B Y D A V I D underscore. Uh, follow Jake and Tom and, uh, I I never know if Kenny and Greg like want their personal Twitters and stuff out there. If you find them, uh, I I assume they they don't mind having the followers, but I guess I won't specifically send you their way. Um, until next time, thank you very much for listening. Um, leave a five star review. Let me know what, what you thought of this episode. Uh, let me know what you think of me. Um, Unless you're going to be mean, because I have a pretty fragile ego. Um, I'm an emotional little boy. Um, yeah. So, again, tweet at us. Leave a five-star review. Let us know uh, if maybe you want to put Big Baby in the corner again, so to speak. Um, all right, yeah. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Let's go, Nick's. Thank you.